open the Word of God this morning to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And let us be humbled before the Word of God as it describes our race and give thanks to Him for the change He's made in our lives and see if this day we can't change ourselves more for His sake. Isaiah chapter 53, the first three verses. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, There is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Amen Amen and amen. Terrible words of indictment about the Jewish people and Gentiles as well or as worse. These verse, the first verse and the questions there are rhetorical. Who hath believed our report? Basically no one. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Very few. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. John 1, 10 and 11. These particular sentences are repeated by the Lord Jesus Christ in John 12 that we will encounter soon. These particular questions in verse 1 are repeated by Paul in Romans chapter 10. Who hath believed our report? Very few. I have. And I want you to, to believe his report. The report, the doctrine, the body of doctrine, the truth of the gospel that has been brought to the world about the Son of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord is His power, is His strength, but it's in Christ, because Christ is the power and the wisdom of God. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The report is the glorious gospel. Few have truly believed it. The arm is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's only been revealed to a few. Only regenerated elect see the arm and believe the report. Are you one of them? Has it changed your life? Otherwise, you haven't seen it and it hasn't been revealed to you. Because when it is seen and revealed, it changes lives. Let's thank God for any revelation we have of his son. As has been prayed just recently in the back room, he has called us out of this world to be his. And he has revealed his son to us. In verse 2, what a fragile plant, what a malnourished root as a describer of the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, a fragile one, and as a root out of a dry ground, not full of nourishment and strength, was the Lord Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, laid in a manger, no room in the inn, the son of a carpenter, a poor woman's gift to sanctify and dedicate him in the temple 40 days later. Nazareth was a joke. Anyone from Nazareth was a joke. It was the backwoods of Galilee. 
But the Lord Jesus Christ was born there and raised there. And so the verse 2 describes him as not having any great pedigree. Moses and Solomon were famous. Moses was famous in Egypt. Moses was famous in Israel. Solomon was great. He had a great father. He had great gifts of intellect. He was a beautiful looking man. Not so with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it says about him, he hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. There's nothing by nature to be attractive about the Lord Jesus Christ. By nature. Nothing naturally appealing about him. But he is precious to those that believe. 1 Peter chapter 2. He is precious to those that believe. Because they see in him the perfect personification of graciousness and love and wisdom and power. The Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. When he was on earth the first time in a state of humility, those things were visible. And when he comes again, those things will be very visible and greatly magnified. Verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men. Jews rejected him with names. They're going to call him a Samaritan in John chapter 8. They're going to say he has a devil. They're going to call him a Nazarene. They're going to say that he's following the Beelzebub and has power from the prince of the devils. The Gentiles didn't save him. When Pilate and Herod could have saved the Lord Jesus Christ, they didn't, but consigned him to Roman crucifixion. It is said here in this third verse that he was a man of sorrows. He spent his life acquainted with grief, constant disappointment, rejected by men, betrayed by his apostle, denied by his apostle, forsaken by all his apostles, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. At his trial, where were the thousands he had fed? Where were the thousands that he had healed? Where were the ones that he had raised from the dead? You would think they might be screaming loudly in his defense, but they weren't there. And so these three verses are about him, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have met today. We have assembled today. We've been baptized in his name to set ourselves against this passage by the grace of God in our lives. We have heard the report. The arm of the Lord's been revealed to us. He's no man of sorrows to us now, though he was then. He's the Lord of glory, the King of kings and Lord of lords, sitting on the right hand of the majesty on high. Do you love him today? Assent in mind or lips is irrelevant and worthless and damning. It is obedience. We're going to encounter it again in John chapter 8. If we continue in his word, meaning in obedience to him, then are we disciples indeed. Otherwise, we are like these or worse because the Lord has at least revealed himself audibly to us and we are disregarding him with our lives. Let us humble ourselves today. We can be the true seed of Abraham by obedience. The Jews claimed to be, Jesus denied them to be, and he accepted Gentiles as the seed of Abraham if we obey the gospel. Does his word have a place in you? We're going to meet Jews today that Jesus is going to say, my word hath no place in you. How do we know if his word has a place in us? Because we can quiz it? Because we can quote it? No, because we obey it. 
This is the Son of God. This is the creator of the universe. This is the Lord of glory in these three verses. Can we exalt him today in our hearts, with our lips, and most of all, with our lives? I believe the report. I believe every bit of the report. I believe every word God used to give the report. And I love the arm of the Lord. Do you love the arm of the Lord with me? Do you believe the report? Let's have a Christ-centric church and Christ-centric lives. That doesn't mean we talk about them. That doesn't mean we sing about them as primary objects. But it means we live for Him. And we can live for Him now in our thoughts, now in our singing, now in our thinking about and understanding the words that we sing, our fellowship with each other today, and everything that we do the rest of today and whatever days He gives us. I believe the report. And I see the arm of the Lord. Let's obey and love Him as we should. Let us pray. Our Father, Almighty God in heaven, we thank Thee for Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe the report. We believe what the apostles were eyewitnesses of and wrote down for us. We believe both testaments of Scripture. We believe those testaments of Scripture are a more sure word of prophecy than hearing your voice from heaven. We believe the report. We embrace the report. It warms our hearts and stimulates our minds and fills us with love for Him who loved us and gave Himself for us. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for revealing the arm, Your arm, the arm of the Lord Jehovah to us, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that we believe the report and see His authority as extending over all principality and powers and might and dominion and thrones and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to come. He is Lord of all, and we bless and praise Thee for Him. We thank Thee for His state of humiliation when He came to this earth and humbled Himself to the death of the cross for our sins. And we thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that Thou hast highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that He is Lord to Your glory forever, Heavenly Father. Oh, Lord, we thank Thee. If it were not for Your distinguishing, discriminating, identifying, differentiating grace, we would not be here this day nor saying these things. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that by the grace of election and the grace of justification and the grace of regeneration, that you'll grant us further grace of conversion that will be lifted in our hearts and our minds, that our feet and our hands, our lips and our ears, our thoughts will be submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, let us be his disciples indeed. Let no one here betray him. Let no one here deny Him. Let no one here forsake Him. Let us be followers of Your Son. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, and we pray that You will use today and use it mightily to reform us, to strengthen us, to direct us, to forgive us and to save us, O Lord, from our foolishness and the weakness of our flesh. 
Heavenly Father, we pray for every man of God around this world. We pray that you will embolden them and empower them when they step into their pulpits today, that they will unload and shout the word of God, that they will blast the gospel trumpet and reveal to men their sins and reveal the glory of the exalted Lord Jesus Christ, that they will put down the folly and ignorance of this world and lift up the wisdom of your gospel. O Lord, be with them and grant their hearers to submit to them in the word of the Lord and to humble themselves and to repent of their foolishness. And whatever sin we have in our lives, O Lord, bless us to repent completely and to flush it and to forsake it and to flee to the rock, Christ Jesus. Father, we thank Thee for our great nation. We thank Thee for our physical health this morning. We thank Thee for all the blessings that we enjoy. We thank Thee for the Word of God, our understanding of it. We thank Thee for brethren of like precious faith joining with us. And we pray now that you will grant us your presence in our worship. That the Lord Jesus Christ will be here by the seven spirits of God, walking among his golden candlesticks. And that he will be pleased and glorified by what we do this day. We thank thee that thou hast not left us alone, but has given us thy spirit. Now stir us up by that same spirit and bless us in this assembly. We are thankful and we thank thee and we bless thee for the goodness that you have shown toward us through Jesus Christ the Lord. And we see his great glory and we thank thee for declaring it to us. We believe the report and for revealing it to us. We see it. We see him. Lord, let us see him more perfectly and go from this place to serve him more faithfully. And we'll thank thee in Jesus' name. Amen.